0: Welcome to the Burden and Blessing Podcast, a study and discussion forum on the truth of God's Word. Our CPR series looks at certain topics that come up in life, and we attempt to discuss them in a way that relates to everyone. At times, we bring in the arguments of those opposed to the Word of God in order to practice contending for the faith that God gave His Church. It is our prayer that you will be equipped to give a defense for the truths of the Christian faith with humility and respect. Welcome back to Burden and Blessing Podcast. We are picking up today with another debate in our series, and we're looking at one that's pretty timely around this season of Lent as we're thinking about the work of Jesus for us on the cross. Our debate topic today is, Jesus really did die and rise again. Joining me to debate this topic are pastors Nathaniel Mayhew and Neil Radical. Nathaniel today will be speaking Uh, For this statement, he's going to be agreeing with the fact that Jesus did rise or die and rise again, and Pastor Radical will be speaking against it. Uh, A reminder to our listeners that in these debates, we are simply role-playing, providing some of the arguments and responses to those arguments. Uh, If we're speaking against the word of God or against the principles of our Christian faith, it's not that we actually believe those things, we're providing an example of that We're also changing up our format a bit in this debate. Uh, We are still having three rounds, but with the first two rounds, we're going to extend those to three minutes each for each of the speakers. In round one, each of the speakers will be providing their affirmative statements. So the statements that they believe are the strongest evidence for their position. In round two, the speakers will be providing their responses to their opponent. Uh, Each of those rounds, again, are three minutes each. And in the final round, which will be two minutes each, they'll give their closing statements. And then we will pause and recap the debate as we always do. Our topic is, Jesus really did die and rise again. Starting against that statement is Pastor Neil Radical, round one. Neil, you've got three minutes.
1: Well, thank you, Nathaniel. I have several, I have three points I want to go through as far as showing you that Jesus did not rise from the dead. My first point, if you were to read through the Gospels like I have, there are so many differences in the records that are produced by the Gospel writers. There's all these different points that just give evidence that there's collusion between the four of them about making up this event, that it actually happened. These differences are very significant because they point to the fact of how it's not something that They could all agree upon because they're making up these lies about it. And so trying to make sense of the order of events, I mean, use Holy Week, for example, because that's what most of the gospel writers are writing about, as far as how much is there, you can see that even if you try to figure out the order of events in that last week, it's it's impossible to figure it out. None of it adds up. Again, on that first point, many biblical scholars, many biblical scholars agree that no one knows who wrote the gospels. So for example, all ancient manuscripts of the first gospel have that superscription that kata mathion which is greek according to matthew but textual scholars agree that this expression was added by a later scribe in the year of 125 a.d this is almost a hundred years after jesus supposedly rise from the dead rose from the dead so again trying to make sense of the order of the events during that of the gospels or how those they it together that doesn't add up and then also as far as the events reported they were reported sloppily and the authors are those events are sketchy at best of who they actually even are the second point I want to make about the resurrection is that the case for the resurrection would be dismissed in a modern civil court due to the total lack of evidence for example no one saw Jesus arise and walk from the tomb no one actually saw that take place there's no written record of someone Seen that take place even in the Bible, no one saw Jesus rise from the dead. There's a whole list of problems and reasonable explanations to the resurrection of how it may have happened. In other words, since Jesus didn't really rise, you can think of how it would have been very easy for the disciples to steal his body. The the guards, the Bible itself records that the disciples came and took the body away when the guards were sleeping. You know, that there's so much of being different tombs at that time that you could have moved the body a different time there was actual jewish custom in those days where you'd move the bones from one tube to another that could have easily happened uh, hallucinations those are definitely common in those times with the drugs and opiums that they had how do we know that jesus actually died on the cross so is there evidence against that as far as the whole idea of the resurrection there's all these better explanations than this so-called miraculous event that it actually took place so that's my second point there is that when you see the report there it doesn't make sense that the gospel writers themselves were not even eyewitnesses to this event and the evidence of it mark wasn't even there and luke you know heard it secondhand from peter if peter is actually the one who wrote it down so the eyewitness evidence for my second point majorly lacks any kind of credibility my third point is that most biblical scholars do not believe that christ's resurrection actually occurred so you look at the polls today in that regard so those are my three points okay
0: neil provided his opening affirmative statement uh, three minutes there nathaniel you are up now uh, with your opening affirmative statement
2: go ahead you know, i'm really glad to have the opportunity to uh, discuss this very important topic with you as We discussed this, I'd like for you to give an answer to one particular question. I'm gonna give you three different aspects of it. First of all, why distrust the gospel records? Uh, Number one, we have more textual evidence that proves that the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in particular, as well as other records, have been faithfully and accurately Preserved. We have more evidence of the gospel records than any other ancient document in history. And we know as we compare those documents that they have been faithfully and accurately preserved. Number two, we have massive examples of archaeological evidence that verifies the gospel records. And and just in connection with this, we can, we can talk about a variety of different things. You have examples of things that have pointed to the fact that Pilate, Pontius Pilate was a real person. People denied that for, for centuries until finally we have the, the Pilate stone that was discovered in Caesarea or the ring that bears his inscription. That's just one example. But in connection with the archeolo- archaeological evidence, there has been absolutely nothing archaeologically that has disproved the gospel records everything that has been uncovered only verifies the accuracy of what has been recorded in the gospels that's number two so textual evidence archaeological evidence number three there's also extra biblical historical evidence that verifies the existence, the reality of Jesus, the fact that he died, the fact that he rose again. So for example, one of the earliest examples would be Josephus, a Jewish historian who lived, he was born just after the time of Jesus. So lived in that generation following and Josephus says that Jesus was crucified, that he died and that he rose again. Now, keep in mind, Josephus was not a Christian. He was Jewish, but he pointed out that yes, Jesus did die, and it was stated that he rose again from the dead. We have a Roman historian, Tacitus, who said that Jesus really did suffer. He was put to death by the Romans in the form that they used. And then you also have examples of uh, the Jewish Talmud which also speaks about the fact that Jesus was hung again after the time of Jesus speaking about the fact that these things really did happen. So I'd like for you to give me some evidence that would, that would show us why we should distrust these gospel records. When we have textual evidence, archeological evidence and extra biblical or extra biblical historical records that verify the record of the four gospels. Okay, round one is in the books. Both
0: sides have given their affirmative statements, the statements that they believe are supporting their position. Again, Nathaniel is arguing in favor that Jesus really did die and rise again, and Neil is arguing against that. We're now getting into round two, where we'll be giving their rebuttal or response statements to the opening arguments that their opponent gave. Uh, We're gonna flip roles here in round two, Each, each round again is three minutes, but starting us off will be Nathaniel. So Nathaniel, we're beginning round two, you've got three minutes to respond to Neil's opening arguments, go ahead.
2: All right, Neil, you gave uh, three examples of why we should distrust the Gospel records. The first was the contradictions that we find in the Gospels. Uh, And I would say that they are supposed contradictions of all of the things. And you mentioned specifically Holy Week and the various uh, things that are mentioned by the Gospel writers in their accounts. If we take a look at those events very carefully, we'll actually find that there are no contradictions whatsoever. Now, the gospel writers do record things from a different perspective, but none of those things are directly contradictory. For example, you might have one gospel writer that says that there were two blind men and another one that would say that there's one blind man. And they'll give us the name of that blind man just because only one is mentioned doesn't negate or mean that the other one is wrong, or that they're contradictory. It's only that one gospel was focusing on the one particular blind man. And the same thing during the the, the events of Holy Week. If we're willing to actually go into the gospel records and look at them carefully, we'll find that there aren't contradictions, but rather they are simply describing the events from a different perspective. You also mentioned that a lot of biblical scholars would agree or say that we don't know who actually wrote the gospel records as if that means that they aren't reliable. Again, I'm looking forward to having you point out how we can be certain that the gospel records are not reliable, but we don't need to know who an individual is in order to understand that what they wrote was actually reliable. You've, you probably never saw the person who actually built your car, and just because you don't know who it was that built your car doesn't mean that your car doesn't exist. That, that doesn't have any weight. And, and there are many individuals that I would actually say that we have pretty good evidence that does verify that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John did write the Gospels that bear their name going back very early into the early church. Uh, you mentioned that there was nobody there to see the, that Jesus rose from the dead. Again, just because nobody saw it happen doesn't mean that it didn't happen. You don't need to see it with your own eyes in order to know. If you have a person that you know died and then you see that individual alive, that had to take place even if somebody wasn't there to actually see Jesus come up and get out of the tomb. The example of Jesus being explained away, the resurrection of Jesus being explained away by the disciples stealing the body doesn't bear any any credibility either because these individuals died for their faith. If they stole the body away, what explains the fact that they were willing to give their lives for this supposed lie or fancy April Fool's joke that they played in the early first century? Uh, So, And then finally, the biblical scholars, just because many biblical scholars, and it depends on how you define biblical scholars, say that they don't believe that it happened doesn't mean that it doesn't. We live in a liberal very liberal world today and there are many people who reject it but it doesn't mean that it didn't happen
0: okay that is round two for nathaniel speaking against neil's original arguments we are jumping over to neil now neil you've got three minutes here to respond to nathaniel's opening arguments go ahead
1: you asked me to record why or state why I distrust the gospel messages in the records. First of all, when you asked about the textual evidence, you were saying that they were faithfully and accurately preserved. I guess I could make that argument that one could say the same thing about the Quran. If we believe that those things don't we believe that all those things that the statements are made are true as well. So, I mean, I understand you trust that the bible is the true book the true word of god but so does every other religion in the world today so looking at your textual evidence i hear the same thing from every other religion in the world when you talk about archaeological evidence as verification and proof i guess i'd like to see more examples i've never heard of this pilot stone before whatever that actually is i've heard of the shroud of turin i've heard of all these other relics of the christian church and i think they're all ridiculous about these evidences of things that people like end up worshiping. It makes no sense at all. You talk about extra biblical evidence as well, about others that didn't believe in the resurrection of Christ that reported that he was actually risen from the dead. You cited Josephus as a Jewish author or historian that talked about Jesus living and dying, but I didn't actually hear any quotes from Josephus that Jesus actually rose from the dead. In fact, I've read Josephus, and ultimately he's reporting on the rumors of a resurrection. He never says that Jesus actually rose because, again, to my point before, there's no evidence that he rose from the dead. There was No one saw him do that. Tatius, Tastius, you know, that Roman, of course he's going to talk about the resurrection of Jesus because wasn't he tasked with trying to find the body of Jesus and he couldn't find the body? Let's easily explain if the disciples took it and hid it. So, if he can't, just because he can't find the body just doesn't mean that Jesus rose from the dead. And so, all these different evidences that you point to of why I distrust the gospel records, why I don't believe that Jesus rose from the dead, isn't satisfied by your textual evidence because you see that throughout the world today. Isn't satisfied about your archaeological evidence because there's all kinds of garbage out there that says that these things are relics of what actually took place. The extra biblical evidence. Again, I don't think those non-Christian writers are actually admitting that Jesus rose from the dead. I think they're talking about rumors. And I think they're talking about evidences that yeah, they couldn't find the body. So, and that's actually what the Bible reports that they could not. That the guards had the bot, the disciples took the body away. So, I think ultimately, I don't. That's why I distrust the gospel records, and you haven't swayed me one bit. Okay, that brings us to the
0: end of round 2. So both parties have given their arguments that they believe support the strongest evidence for their position and then they've also responded to their opponents in rounds 1 and 2. Round 3 will be our final closing statements. Before we get there, we'll just recap what we've covered so far very quickly. The propositional statement for our debate is that Jesus really did die and rise again. Neil began by speaking against that idea by talking about how the word of God as it records it in the gospels is unreliable. We don't we don't have assurance of whether there are mistakes in the gospel books or even who wrote those gospel books. Um, Neil also mentioned the lack of eyewitness evidence of the resurrection. And then he also mentioned that many biblical scholars today discredit the uh, literalness of the death and resurrection of Jesus. Nathaniel began with his opening statements. He also had three points. He challenged Neil on why he would assume to distrust the gospels, that it has more evidence than any other historical document. Uh, Nathaniel also mentioned archaeological evidence that supports the gospel records in the story about the death and resurrection of Jesus. And then Nathaniel in his third point, Uh, cited extra biblical evidence. That means evidence outside of the Bible and other documents such as the historian Josephus and Tacitus. In round two, um, Nathaniel again spoke against, began by speaking against the points that Neil brought up in round one um, by showing again that just because there are Questions or other different details in certain gospel accounts does not automatically mean that they are they are untrustworthy. Um, also questioned, you know, the sentiment of a biblical scholar. Anybody can have a certain opinion about the resurrection and and be called a scholar. That doesn't mean that they're true or correct either. Neil countered Nathaniel's points by again pointing to, you know, if. The Gospels are to be accepted. How? What about other holy books from other religions? Why wouldn't we have the same criteria with those books? And then Neil mentioned that the writers outside of the Bible were speaking to the rumor of the death and resurrection, not saying that they actually believed it was true. So that gives us a brief summary of where we're at at this point in the debate. We're going to be closing up here with our third and final round. This is a two minute round for each person where they give their closing arguments. They're free to speak about whatever they want to. They can speak about more uh, affirmative points or they can speak in response to what's already been said. They're free to choose. So two minutes each for this final closing third round. We'll be beginning again with Neil. Uh, Neil, go ahead, you got two minutes.
1: Two points I wanna make to you, Nathaniel, in our discussion here. By your own omission, you agree that there was no eyewitnesses to actually see Jesus rise from the dead, and by your own omission, your best evidence of his resurrection is by eyewitnesses. That does not add up. That does make that does not make sense of the actual resurrection there, and so that idea that yeah we have to have eyewitnesses to prove it, doesn't agree to the fact that no one actually saw it happen. So. How, do we, how can we trust those eyewitness accounts at all? That's my point earlier about it being thrown out of court. The second is even a more important point. Your point was that your best evidence that the disciples who believe in the resurrection would be willing to give their lives for this truth, what the so-called truth that Jesus rose from the dead. But I love that Pilate says, well, what is truth? How many other world religions do the very same thing? Jihadists of the Islamic faith give their lives for the truth in their jihad to serve Allah. Kamikaze pilots give their lives for their nation, for their false gods in promotion of their belief system and what they want to follow. The fact that the disciples would do that in rousing the lie of the resurrection of Jesus is no different. It's the exact same thing. So that evidence that, okay, they... They believe in the resurrection and they suffered death for it. Who cares? You see that throughout the world and throughout history as well. That's my point. The resurrection of Jesus is not a reliable account. Okay, that
0: is Neil's final round in th- round three here. We'll close everything up here with Nathaniel's final response here in round three. Nathaniel, you've got two minutes. Go ahead.
2: Neil. I think you're confusing the whole idea of eyewitnesses. You don't need to have somebody there to see Jesus rise from the dead in order to see him afterwards and know that he was alive after he died is an eyewitness. And here, here's the question that I would put to you. I think you need to ask yourself honestly why you would dismiss this. What evidence would you need in order to believe the truth that Jesus really died And really lived. And do you really want to get to the bottom of that question? Because this is a pretty significant thing in your life. The Apostle John, as he concluded his gospel and detailed the death and resurrection of Jesus, said that he wrote these things so that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might might have life in his name. Ultimately, we have a problem. And it's a problem of sin and because of the problem of sin we deserve punishment in a court of law god's court of law and the reason that jesus came lived died and rose again was to pay the debt of our sin that we could not pay on our own and so the resurrection the death the life of jesus it has serious implications not just for me but also for you. And an accurate look at the evidence, the need that we have for a savior and what we see in the gospel records will point us clearly to the fact that Jesus really did live. He really did die for you. And he really rose again so that you might have the hope of everlasting life. That's the question that you need to ask yourself.
0: All right. That concludes our debate, all three rounds. Thank you gentlemen for participating. A very lively debate today. Lots of good points uh, rendered and uh, responded to. So what we're gonna do at this point is we, we press the pause button on the debate and we go back to three pastors discussing and sort of dissecting the arguments and the responses that were made. So to start our discussion portion off, Nathaniel, I wanted to get your take on how you felt the debate went and the arguments that Neil brought up. Uh, what was your What was your assessment of that?
2: Neil did a good job of bringing up the the typical arguments that you hear in this particular discussion, the contradictions in the Gospels. Uh, evidence so-called evidence of biblical scholars and and that I wish I would have had a chance to deal with that one just a little bit more because that's a that's a debatable topic in and of itself what is a biblical scholar and and then he even brought in and I didn't get a chance to address it because of time but he brought in some of the theories that are put forward in connection with the resurrection of Jesus so he mentioned the the disciples stealing the body away. And he even just briefly indicated the hallucination theory, which are very common ideas. And, and they all have very, it's pretty easy to disassemble those. For example, the hallucination theory, people don't hallucinate the same thing. I mean, this is just a scientific fact. Uh, so these are things that are promoted, but, and you hear it all the time. And a lot of times the people that you're talking to have heard these things without really looking into them And they're sold on them without actually looking at the evidence. So Neil did a really good job of bringing out a lot of those points that we hear so often in discussions with others related to the life and the death of Jesus. I I wish I would have had a little bit more time to to address each one of those. Because, again, he brought up a lot of different things and it's hard to address all of them in detail. But there are really good arguments and a lot of good resources out there from a Christian perspective that points to the fact that these are these are are not set in stone at all. Uh, they're just ideas that others have presented.
0: Neil, what was your take going in as the as the one arguing against the death and resurrection of Jesus? What was your tactic going in?
1: Uh, I feel like it's really similar to when we talk about creation and evolution because it's very easy to get hung up on all the, the details and all the questions that are hurled at you. And they're all coming from... I think a place of interest and concern, but ultimately they the main purpose of every one of those arrows is to defeat Christianity, defeat the resurrection. And so it's important for the Christian to be able to tackle those arrows. But what I appreciated most about Nathaniel's response is at the very end, he did not attempt to do that anymore. The gospel, I mean, the questions that he posed back is what, ultimately, why would you want to disprove the resurrection? Why would you not want to have a life after this life? And I, I think those are the questions that are really struck me the, the most. Uh, what evidence would you need? The fact that to believe in Jesus resurrection from the dead, you know, and ultimately it comes back to the faith, just like the creation evolution debate. It comes back to faith. And uh, I really tried to swing them hard with the, you know, the jihadists and kamikaze pilots. But again, the motivation for those are, are really lacking Uh compared to the disciples, you know, the, the gospel is that Christ did it all for us. And with those other religions is that it has nothing to do with what God does for us it has to do with what we have to do for God in order to get to heaven. If we don't do it right, we don't make it. And so that's the biggest difference between Christianity, and the other world religions. And he didn't really uh, skip a beat with that, which is I really glad he went right into the gospel there and showed the difference. So I appreciate his response at the end uh, more than anything else.
0: I, I noticed too, during the debate, I've heard that argument before of there are pe- people in other religions that are passionate enough to lay down their life for a cause, you know, using the disciples as evidence of that is is null and void. But the thing, of, the thing that's different, too, about the disciples is they laid down their lives in the same lifetime, in the same generation as the events of the death and resurrection, meaning that they would have known whether it was true or not. You know, a kamikaze pilot, he lives thousands of years after the formation of the, of the. you know, I think it's the Shinto religion. Um, the jihadists today, um, the radical is, radical Islam, they live thousands of years after the formation of the causes that they lay down their life for. So that's the other element that comes in with those examples is the disciples would have known by experience and by eyewitness evidence whether or not it was all lie or not and they still chose to lay down their lives that's pretty powerful testimony still i did want to i did want to hone in on that third round by nathaniel because he took a different approach he didn't he didn't really talk about any of the points that had been brought up earlier he didn't really he didn't argue apologetics he didn't really get into any archaeological historical evidence he didn't try to defend the reliability of the gospels he took a very unique approach nathaniel tell us why you took the approach that you did
2: well, I think, like Neil said early on, it's easy to get distracted in a conversation like this. And and of all of the things that we've actually discussed in this whole debate series, I mean, this one gets to the heart of it. This is what it's all about. And and ultimately, I think what we want to do is we want to cause people to just get themselves to ask, why am I fighting so hard against this? And to lead them to, to actually ask the question, if you if you reject Jesus's death and resurrection, do you understand what this means for you eternally? Because that's, that's what it's all about. And, and I, I use those words from John because John nicely summarizes why he wrote his gospel, that this is, this is about life and death in etern in eternity. And, that's ultimately what we want to do. We don't want to just look at history or archaeology and all those things. Those things are extremely valuable, but we want to point them back to the gospel and say, this is why this is so important. And so hopefully, hopefully that is something that that resonates with an individual. And they say, yeah, I, I, I need to I need to figure this out. You know what, what's happening to me in eternity. And is Jesus the solution to that? I think
0: that's why Neil talked about how that was probably the most impactful. It was, it was pointed, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't about the third party details anymore, but he went right to Neil's heart and, and just gave an evidence of the gospel. And I think that was a good, a really good reminder. And a debate like this where there is a ton of arguing points on both sides. I mean, there are entire books written to defending the resurrection from a, an apologetic perspective and yet Nathaniel closed on just a simple witness of the gospel. And I think that for the Christians who are listening to this, who are wondering how do I give a defense for the death and resurrection of Jesus when I am not a scholar, you know, I think that's a a great example of the greatest defense of the gospel is to use the gospel to share it and to use it and uh, really make it personal and say, this isn't just an academic point or a point of history this is something that affects your life and and what is your response to that neil you've got a point to, to share
1: go ahead you mentioned to the christians who are listening if there are any atheists listening to this i certainly was trying to do credit to the arguments that are made against the resurrection so in researching and trying to come up with argument the best arguments that i could come up with that for the time I had right now and what I've heard against this, but ultimately I was acting, of course, because I believe in the resurrection, but even in acting and trying to own that act, it makes me so uncomfortable to try to argue that point because it feels so hopeless and desperate of what I'm arguing against. And so it's so sad to see how we are left with really nothing if we discount the resurrection of the dead Never mind Christ for a second, but when you put Christ in, you see the freedom that he gives through death, the payment that was made for our resurrection and eternal life, and there's nothing more free than knowing what Christ has promised us. So I really hope it speaks to both Christians and non-Christians alike, if they're listening in, that it is a very uncomfortable, disowning place to be in when you're arguing against the resurrection of the dead or of Christ himself.
0: Yeah, excellent point to close up. And I would just, again, in, encourage if, if you are a Christian who has doubted the resurrection or if you are an atheist who just doesn't believe it listening to this, um, do look at the evidence. There are some good resources out there, you know, and even if you if all you do is just Google it from a Christian perspective, um, the res, the evidence for the resurrection of Christ is quite compelling and I think most people probably have not looked into it in detail. So give it a shot. Take a look. Well, thank you guys for participating again in this debate. Not not the easiest topic to debate, but obviously a very important one to our faith right at the foundation of it. The heart of it all the death and resurrection of jesus our savior we hope that our listeners are able to take some of the things that we shared today and and use them as they continue meditating upon this season of lent that we're in where we focus on these important aspects of christ and his work for us may it may it be a blessing for your life and for your faith and thank you again for joining us for a debate series podcast here on burden and blessing continue to uh Keep an eye out for new podcasts and new series coming up, and and give a listen. We hope that you will join us next week for another episode of Burden and Blessing Podcast. Our goal is always to bring you the whole counsel of God. Until next time, go in the strength of the Lord and preach the word.